Welcome to our time of devotion. We are delighted that you have joined us. Let us quiet our hearts and our minds as we listen to some beautiful piano music. The scripture passage for today comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 28 through 39. This passage has some very popular verses in it, some of which I'm sure you will recognize. In the interest of time, I'll be reading verse 28 and then verses 31 through 39. Hear now the word of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ who died, or rather who was raised, who is also at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will affliction or disease or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O God, to the word just read and the words to come that they might point to you, the Word made flesh. In Christ's name we pray, amen. 
Two of my favorite Bible verses are in this passage that is assigned to us for this day, March 24th, 2023. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome, which he neither founded nor visited. As you know, there was great persecution in the Roman Empire. In this section from today, we can find comfort and peace in God's sovereignty. But our opening verse has not always been understood as it was intended. Unfortunately, verse 28 that says, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, has been used in harmful ways to those who are suffering. This is probably one of the most misunderstood verses in the Bible. It is also one of the most misused and abused verses. At a funeral reception for a friend, one woman shared how she was hurt by this passage. She said that she was in her 20s when her mother died of cancer. It was devastating, as it would normally be, but in this case, she was particularly close to her mom. At the time, she had a friend who was a strong Christian tell her that everything happens for a reason. Her friend told her that she needed to accept her mom's death as God's will and move on. From that moment on, the young woman decided she would never have anything to do with God, religion, or the church. The pastor she was talking to did his best to explain to her how wrong and, and insensitive her friend's remarks were, but the spiritual damage had already been done. Did her friend have good intentions? Sure. Was she just trying to be comforting? Sure. But the religious platitude presented God as someone who planned this tragedy in her life, and she wanted nothing to do with a God like that. Can you blame her? You see, some people read this opening verse and interpret it to mean everything happens for a reason. God has caused all things to happen for a good reason. Sometimes it comes in other forms. God must be testing you, or it must be God's will, or things don't happen to you, they happen for you. Well, this is problematic for me because of two things. Hanging the horrible things on God doesn't jive with my belief in a good and gracious and loving God. I also believe that God gave us free will. God is not a puppet master with us dangling from his strings. You've heard me talk about Kate Bowler a fair amount lately. She wrote a book about her experience of receiving a stage four um, colon cancer diagnosis when she was in her 30s. One of her books is called, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies That I Have Loved. At the end of her book, she has an appendix called, Absolutely Never Say This to People Experiencing Terrible Times, a short list. There are only eight items on the list, and I would love to share them with you as a reminder for all of us of what not to say. They're followed by just a short commentary by Kate. What not to say, number one. Well, at least, she says, do not make a comparison or minimize someone's suffering. Number two, in my long life, I've learned, to which Kate says, congratulations that you've lived a long life. I might not make it long enough for my son to even remember me. Number three, 
It's going to get better, I promise. To which she responds, well, fairy godmother, that's going to be a tough, a tough road to hoe when things go badly. Number four, God needed an angel. This one takes the cake because A, it makes God look sadistic and needy, and B, angels are, according to Christian tradition, created from scratch. Number five, everything happens for a reason. The only worse thing than saying this is pretending that you know the reason. Number six, I've done some research and, oh gosh, I thought I would listen to my oncologist and my nutritionist and my team of specialists, but it turns out that I should have been listening to you. Number seven, when my aunt had cancer, I'm not here to comfort you and your pain or loss. I can barely handle my own. And number eight, so how are the treatments going? How are you really? This is the toughest one of all because sometimes one doesn't want to talk about the worst thing that has ever happened to them. Perhaps it is better to ask if the person wants to talk about it and then be there to listen. So I would love to balance this out with a quick list of some good things to say when you encounter someone who is suffering. There are only six items on the list. Number one, I'd love to bring you a meal this week. Can I email you about it? Number two, you are a beautiful person. Number three, I am so grateful to hear about how you're doing and just know that I'm on your team. Number four, can I give you a hug? Number five, oh, my friend, that sounds so hard. Number six, silence. I want to end with two important learnings for me from spending a little time with this scripture passage. First is that I believe with all my heart that God can bring good out of all situations. But that journey is for the person suffering, not for the outsider looking in. Second, for all of the trouble this opening verse has caused, I think it is redeemed in verses 38 and 39 for sure, where we are assured that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And because of that knowledge, we can face the future with hope and confidence, regardless of our predicament, knowing that we are never alone and never outside of the love and grace of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.